More on Apple Privacy and CSAM. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Text Expander by Smile, the makers of world-class software. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and download your free demo. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This is part two in a three-part Mac Voices Live conversation about Apple's CSAM announcements and what they're doing to prevent it and how it may or may not impact your privacy and mine. We're going to go right back to the panel and let them do the talking. Brittany, we haven't heard from you. You're you're awfully quiet. I can't believe you don't have some thoughts. Um about some of it I do, others I don't. Um I, I do think that one of the the big things that kept being touted out um when our government in the United States was uh wanting to get more access was the child pornography. You know, the um please won't somebody think of the, think children. Of the children. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, yeah, it, the ha- the iCloud thing does feel a little bit like security theater, but at the same time, like a way to address that. I mean, I would love it if we as a society could do something about this atrocious problem. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't know if this will do it. I don't know how many things even end up in the database. I know nothing about that angle. Um, but I do wonder if it's a, uh, shut up, have some cake, and we're addressing it on one end in a way that we're comfortable with. Um, Whether or not there's further implications, I don't know. But yeah, as opposed to here, have access to the devices. Okay, so this was this was implied, I think, in one of the comments in our Slack um, earlier today. Let's see. How am I going to say this? Is is how much privacy would you give up to protect children from this? I mean, what what is there is, and I don't know how you would measure that, but I, I know again at least one panel member who is not here has said that you know he would happily turn his phone over to law enforcement if if he thought that you know there it would help save a child from this kind of abuse. And I, I mean, I, and I, I think that's an admirable stance. I, I don't think there's anybody here that would disagree with that, you know, but trying to balance that with privacy for every, for all other things or all other things that we all might be engaged in, that's really difficult. And it's possible giving up privacy could endanger more children actually on a larger scale. Like, if if you told me I did this thing and it would end it all forever, great. But that's not how things work in the real world. No. It's not. Um, and I, again, like whether or not Apple's thing is right or not, I do not have an opinion about that. Um, but you know, the 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 general like, yeah, if I could save them and hand my phone over, sure, my my personal phone. But I mean, one of the things that is a little bit concerning is occasionally the people that children need protecting from are their parents. And and having backdoors into devices would not be helpful to them in that situation in many cases. Um, 
um, again, not saying don't have any parental protections on phones either. Like that's also a very difficult situation, but sometimes the government or the parents or family members are who children need protecting from. And, and, and to keep in mind that protecting children is a big job with a lot of angles. Um, Apple certainly can't be involved in protecting children from their parents. No. And, you know, um, the government doesn't do a very good job of that either. And, you know, uh, I at one time was involved in the foster system and wow, um, that's a, you know, just unlimited uh, Mm -hmm. problem, which often, you know, a fix to one part means you break something else terribly. And, you know, children, you know, the way this is, the way biology is made, children are supposed to be raised by their parents. And if that is not working, then no system is, you know, it's going to mitigate around the edges, but uh, that's not a problem Apple can fix. Yeah. Um, A couple of things I want to note here. First, uh, David Ginsburg has winked out. He sent us a message that said he's lost power. Um, I know he was having some issues before, so hopefully he can get back. I also want to recognize that Mark Fuchu did say he had a heart out and he left only because he had that heart out already planned. So he didn't get disgusted with us and leave. Uh, <laughs> we know he was going. As far as, as, far we know, as you we, know. Well, yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> this time. You know, I also want to want to say, I mean, this is kind of a heavy topic. This is usual, not the usual Mac Voices live light fair where, you know, the, we're having a very serious discussion here about a serious subject. I don't think there are any right answers. I, 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 I find myself at a loss for words. But something I said, Ken Ray and I talked about this on his show um, earlier this week. And I, it was a quote I saw over the weekend and it's it it sort of summed up my feeling toward this the, the fact that this is part of our world. Um, of all things, it came from Bill Belichick, the head of uh, the, the coach for the New England Patriots. He was talking about the practice last week, and quote: "If it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it's hot, it's hot. If it's not, it's then it's that's what it is." I feel like some of this is that's what it is. Technology has gotten to this point. Guy, you made a great point about how much stuff is on our phones now and how we want access to it. And there's a price that has is now coming due. And this may be part of that price. And so it, I, 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 I don't, it's not that we shouldn't strive to figure out what the right answers are, but I think we do have to recognize we're here and this technology is there. And sort of like we were having a discussion uh, pre-show, you know, it's going to be used for good or bad. And let's let's hope that, you know, the, the good can outweigh the bad. And ultimately, in the long, long run, governments are going to decide. I mean, it may take decades for them to catch up, but, you know, that's what they're for. That's our mechanism that we have for deciding these kinds of things. So in the U.S., that may be courts or it may be legislation and it may be, you know, different things around the world. But, you know, in the long run, this isn't really for Tim Cook or Apple to decide. Well, yes, that's true. But I think Apple and Tim Cook are more in a reactive mode than proactive mode. I don't know if you could even be proactive. 
on a topic like this because yeah especially when when you're a company that over the last few years has said we're the anti-google we're the we're the pro-privacy and then to throw something like this out and it it almost seemed like they tried to do it as casually as they possibly could knowing that the, a backlash was was going to occur because of it so i mean we'll 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 see how it's implemented we'll see where its limitations are we'll see if other countries and governments can be convinced to leave well enough alone um i get the feeling that 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 they won't that once once the dam is broken that that they're going to want more and it's it's going to be up to the technology companies to try to draw that line in the sand and we'll see whether they're able to or not yeah um one thing that i thought was interesting this was from another article i read i don't remember which one it was but i think we were sharing it in slack where someone had said um systems like what apple is building uh that is totally voluntary companies I guess um, they're required by law to report CSAM if they detect it on their systems, but they are not obliged to, you know, build these systems and actually go trying to detect for it. So part of it is, it seems, you know, this is a choice Apple is making. Well, as I was saying earlier, there are certain European jurisdictions that are talking about holding companies responsible for these kinds of materials on their platforms, whether they know about it or not. So okay. I get, I kind of get the feeling that this was Apple saying, well, crap, this is going to happen anyway. And, you know, do we want to have some kind of system that's going to at least try to find it as compared to somebody coming up and saying, well, we found 150,000 images on your platform that you didn't do anything about. And we're going to find you, you know, $10,000 per image and Apple's excuse of, well, we didn't know it was there depending on how the legislation is, is drafted in, in these countries uh, may or may not fly. Mm -hmm. And that guy, that terrifies me more than just about anything. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I mean, Andrew, the, the Mac of the forums, the Mac observer, um, the, uh, the, the, the messages on, Right. On the Mac Voices site, um, you know, and I'm picking on ones that we can identify with. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I turned off comments on the Mac Voices site because you know, you, with the bots out there, I mean, they could be they could be pumping child porn into my comments all the time, and there's no way I could possibly know about it. Mm -hmm. And and this is where I feel like one of the answers to some of this is that we have to better educate our legislators about. The, the limitations of technology and the facts of technology, that a backdoor for one is a backdoor for all, that content can be placed on my server that I don't know anything about. And, you know, it's there. And if somebody then finds it, oh, my God, you know, pornography, child pornography, I'm in, I'm in serious trouble and I can be hauled off to jail. And and not only am, am I not a user, consumer, pre creator of it, I don't even know it's there. And oh. then multi multiply that by like 500 million for Facebook, Twitter, um, you know, any uh, Instagram, TikTok, you know, any of them. How do you possibly police that? 
Well, that's a general problem for user uploaded content. And, you know, I think there are some legislatures that think there should be no user uploaded content. Um, I, I, I think some copyright holders feel the same way. Like, you know, anything where users can upload things, then, well, that means they're probably going to be stealing movies or music or, or whatever, and that should be shut down. And, you know, that's a lot of discussion about get rid of Section 230, which is essentially saying the companies, the hosting companies, you know, whoever's hosting it needs to be responsible for all the content that is put up there, which would essentially mean the end of, of you know, user uploaded content. Um and I think, you know, that's a, a potential that thing that's on the horizon. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so what's the answer? Did we just, all the benefits we get from that? And it, and obviously there's some negatives, but do you just shut that all down? Do you just say, well, Facebook? I, I don't, I don't think so, but there are, but you, can't, you know, you that's, can't that's shut a, it down. the genie's out of the bottle. As far as that goes, you know, trying to try, trying to make it so that no one can upload anything is it, you know, it, that that's just not going to happen. You know, it, back in the days of uh, Napster and some of these other companies, it was, you know, they, they tried. They, they tried to legislate their way through it and it didn't work. I'm not sure I agree with you because if, you know, the reason why the genie's out of the bottle is because the Telecommunications Act in 1996 said you can't go after the host for the content. Um, that could be changed, in which case you could just put the, the hosts out of business and they would very quickly figure out, you know, how to shut things down. Well, I, I, I just can't see that happening. I, I don't think it's it. likely, but you know, it's all part of the same the, the, the same thing, and it's something that you know. Remember, there was that thing about what was it, soap? Uh, you know, a few years ago that was threatening to get passed, and you know, had gotten uh, somewhat pretty far in Congress, and there was you know a lot of pushback, and it wound up being uh, you know not not happening. But uh, there's there's a contingent out there and it's, you know, it's a political, you know, wedge that, you know, um, I mean, you know, people will will advocate for all kinds of odd things for their political benefit. As we can see, I won't mention any of them, but we all know what they are. Um, and, uh, you know, this is one of them that, oh, there's bad people uploading bad stuff on the, you know. Uh, on, on on the internet or stuff that I politically don't like. Um, people would like to shut that down too. Jim, forgive me. I uh, soap. I I don't Wasn't recognize that the name of it. I, don't, I think SOPA. Maybe SOPA. Yeah, there oh, were like SOPA. a few of those, but yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but that sounds better. Yes, SOAP. I thought you know struggling. With yeah, that. it was SOPA. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. a slippery soap. I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you just knew that was going to happen. Guy wins the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to no one's benefit at all. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Smile, the makers of Text Expander. You already know how Text Expander can make you more productive on your Mac, right? 
how it can turn a few keystrokes, called a snippet, into a word, a sentence, a paragraph, or a page of text or code. How it ensures that your message is clear, consistent, and correct, whether you use the snippet or any or all of the other members of your team use the snippet. But I want to remind you that Text Expander is available for your iPhone and iPad as well, with those same benefits that you enjoy on your Mac. Using the Text Expander keyboard, you have access to Text Expander power in any app that allows text entry on your iPhone or iPad. Get faster and more efficient in mail, messages, and more. But it gets better. Many of your favorite note taking and writing, task management, and social media iOS and iPad OS apps are already Text Expander enabled. Apps like DevonThink, OmniFocus, Ulysses, Drafts, Bear, and ByWord. They all understand the power of Text Expander on the iPhone and iPad, and you should too. Visit TextExpander.com to see the complete list, find out everything that it can do for you, and then download it on the App Store. That's Text Expander for iPhone and iPad by Smile, the makers of world class software at TextExpander.com. Thanks to Text Expander and Smile for their support of Mac Voices. Andrew, do you mind if I put you on the spot? Uh, sure. <laughs> you you took a position or or implied your position in, in the Slack today. And if you're comfortable, I'd like to have you explain your position on this story and why. Because I think you and I are, I, I will say this before I put you on too much of a spot. If what you're about to say is what I think you're going to say, I kind of agree with you. So based on what I know right now, I think I'm mostly okay with it. Um if we believe Apple in what they're saying right now, like we said before, this is only it's right now it's optional. And I, I do kind of hope it stays that way. Right. Like if you, you can turn iCloud photos, if you don't want this kind of fingerprinting done, it's also scanning for, you know, known CCM, as we mentioned before, I do kind of wish they had um, not put this, locally on our devices and kept it to their own servers. But so far, the way I understand it, like, I don't, I don't think I have too big of an issue with it. I agree with that. And what I find interesting is that they did make the choice to put it on our local devices. That seems to be one of the big sticking points. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, exactly what the benefits are, except for the fact that it can look on my device to at photos that I have not uploaded. So, um, oh, well, can it, I, 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 you know, and I, I want to put in also a, a whether note. they're marked private or, or public. Um, Chuck on the Slack, you mentioned Renee Ritchie's uh, show on this and I did listen to it this afternoon and I thought it was really excellent. Uh, it was pretty long, like 45 minutes. But uh, uh, I would recommend that to people. He really laid um, laid it out. So a lot of my understanding comes from that. Um, so what he was saying was, as far as the iCloud, it does some scanning locally. And then when the image gets submitted to iCloud, it sends this hash along with it that then they can do some additional thing on the server and... Um, but and at that point, it's like, oh well, we better look at this closer. But the device doesn't do that. There's nothing on the device that, like, you can't tell that it's you know it's it's not saying, it's just making this hash that then 
the server side is is needed for that. But then the flip side is I believe the iMessage component is entirely on on device. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think we might have, have be. been one reason why they wanted to do that because, uh, you know, and they make a point of how this works in iMessage and or the message app and not iMessage. So it also works for uh, SMS messages and MMS messages, uh, as well as stuff that goes through uh, Apple servers. So it will flag content that didn't even touch Apple's servers. And obviously that can only be done on the device. So that may have been part of their thinking was, well, we need to be able to identify this on the device. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. Um, I I also wanted to point out, Chuck, you said, you know, what's the point of, what's the benefit of doing it locally? I liked John Gruber's take on this over at Darren Fireball. He, it's just, you know, guesswork and supposition, of course, but he wondered, what if Apple moving this locally could be them preparing for true end-to-end encryption on all their iCloud stuff? So it's just, you know, kind of what they've been trying to do, which is finding the middle ground between uh, they don't want the government coming after them again, but also still trying to have find some way to work with them. At the end of the day, hmm. don't they have to be able to view the images. I mean, what what if they flag, you know, oh, this is questionable. And, you know, you know, I haven't seen anything that explicitly state this, but they say, well, then it's human review. Doesn't that mean someone's going to look at that image? And, and also, if they're going to pass it uh, along to uh, NCMEC, uh, aren't they going to, you know, They'll have to view it also. Pass the image. So, you know, if end-to-end encryption means Apple can't view the images, I don't see how they can move to that. Um, If they're, you know, I mean, ultimately, they've got to be able to uh, view the evidence. Mm -hmm. Um, So how how could it be encrypted in a way that Apple doesn't see it? Well, if you're you're talking about the the iMessage part... But if you're, t- if you're talking about just photos up- uploaded, right. then I don't think they necessarily have to see the be able to see the photo. They, I mean, if the hash matches, the hash matches, and so you could, you know, then then you get into a question of, you know, how how does that photo get forwarded to the proper authorities? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then, what happens? Does law enforcement come and grab your phone, which Apple won't unlock for them? I mean. You know, at, at the end of this, theoretically, there's arrests happening at the end of this process, right? I mean, there's no point unless somebody, that's the whole point of this, is people are going to get arrested, right? And, yes. and, and and need to have evidence present, you know, presented in court. And yeah, I'm I, not don't, sure how I don't think work. a hash number, you know, that's, I don't see how that, you know, Hello, I'm arrested because Apple has some number. They, um, I don't fully understand this, but they they mentioned they shared some technical details talking about these things called like privacy vouchers, and if the if 
it meets some kind of threshold, then they will be something at least will be sent to these human reviewers for verification. And then they, what Apple said in their initial announcement is um, if those do tend, end up to be illegal content, then they will lock the user's iCloud account. Although they did say there's a chance for the person to um, like, what do you call it? Like, uh, um, like a right uh, appeal. Appeal. I, yeah, yeah. 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 Renee said that. So, so that, that's a good question. Like, so uh, is an end result of this prosecutions, or are they just going to shut down your your uh, iCloud account and that's the end of it? That seems kind of weird, but um, I mean, if they're turning it over to NC, they're saying we're going to turn it over to Nick Mick, and then they may turn it over to law enforcement. Well, that implies that you know. Law enforcement will be able to do something about it, which means law enforcement has to be able to get evidence. And where are they going to get that evidence other than from Apple, which means Apple is taking information from your device and it's going to law enforcement. So, you know, guy, I think, you know, that is you're, you're right. This is like a complete uh, abdication. And, and, you know, maybe it's, you know, they're going to be compelled to do that. I can see governments, but it seems like Apple's getting ahead and saying, yep, we're getting ready to, to uh, become an arm of the DOJ. And they won't have any choice in the matter. This, you know, and, and this is exactly what I was talking about when I was saying, you know, they, you know, China passed some legislation and all of the data for Chinese users in iCloud had to be stored in China. And, you know, they can, China can make it as, as pretty as they want, but really what it comes down to is they want to find out what people are saying and to shut it down if, if they, if they want to. You know, oh, of course, see that what goes happened without with saying, Hong Kong. you know, and governments are, are sovereign and, you know, China's not the only one that's going to do it. You know, the fact is that, you know, China's got Apple by the short hairs and, you know, Apple pretty much has to do whatever China wants them to. Well, they have to do what, whatever the local legislators tell them they have to do. Right. But beyond or, that, I mean, you know, countries. Apple exists at the pleasure of the Chinese government. Well, their manufacturing certainly does. Right. Well, no manufacturing, no Apple. <laughs> For now, you know, I mean, it would take them, it would take them some time, but you know, they've, they've gotten, uh, they started to spread their their manufacturing around. They're moving stuff to India. Yeah, They're moving you know, stuff to maybe Vietnam. maybe They're in twenty years. Maybe I don't think it would even take that long. No, there's, it won't take that there's, long. There's a there's a lot of of excess manufacturing uh, facilities or manufacturing facilities that are out there, and when you look at a company that can that can put up a, a large factory in a relatively short amount of time, and you're Apple, and you say, you know. We're going to throw a billion dollars at you to have a working factory ready to go in a year. They'll I, probably I, do. I, it. I, I don't think so because factories aren't buildings; they're the expertise of the humans that are inside there, and that is not movable. No, I think uh, I, I think that they could get enough going to to get them started. Now, I mean, would they be able to to crank out hundreds of thousands of units a day? Probably not, not at first, but. All it would take, all it would take, would be for Apple to start moving a lot of their manufacturing out of China, and you know, China with suddenly has hundreds of thousands of people who don't have jobs anymore, and they're going to pay attention to things like that. 
Yeah, I, I think that's so much more difficult than than what you're saying. It's well, it's a whole intercorrected. You know, it's not just it's the people. It's, it the, it's the infrastructure. I, I I think it's a you know it took decades to get into that situation, and it will take decades to get out. Mm, not sure about not and, sure about and you know, and I think Apple is working on it, but. Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, I want to make sure I, I invite the chat room to throw some comments in because they've been very quiet. Um, I'd like to think that this is a, a very cerebral discussion and they're absorbing it all, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, so feel free to throw in thing, things, folks. Um, I, I, guy, I can't quite go as far as you go on on the China thing. Um, you know, I think there is an interdependency. But something that was brought up by Webb in the chat room last week, that you know, Apple is a company. It's it's a corporate entity, mm-hmm. and it has certain charges. Um, you know, I I know a number of uh, some mutual friends of all of ours. You know, feel very strongly that well, Apple should just leave China. You know, that that's no, it. That, well, that's and, that's not possible. Well, yeah, it's exactly. Not, not not in the short term. Well, not only is it not. I mean, it's not within their charge. But I also don't believe that – I believe that it, it, it's it, in Apple's – in everybody's best interest to stay at the table and talk. Sure. If you just walk away and say, I don't like the way you're doing things and I'm out of here, you have no chance to affect change. Well, but if, again, if, it, if, if a, lot of that's, a lot of that's going to depend on whether or not they're allowed at the table. And if China just turns around and says, nope, we're, you're not going to be able to sell your stuff anymore and you're not going to be able to make your, make your stuff anymore, then, you know, and, and they exist in China at, at the Chinese government's behest. Is that the right word? Beheft? Behest? Right. Okay. With, with their per- permission. Yes, thank you. So if, if they revoke that and because if... Um, I can't think of the premier's name. If he suddenly gets, you know, a, a bug up his ass and says, okay, well, no more Apple, then Apple has to leave. And so it, it kind of reminds me of the, 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 the story of, um, what is it? The, um, the scorpion and oh, what is the other animal going across the river? The and, frog. Yeah. Scorpion yeah. and the frog. You know, where you have mutually assured destruction. Right. If you do it. Um, So, I mean, and it's almost impossible to say. And it's also like if you if you owe the bank a a little money, you you know, you're in trouble. But if you owe the bank a lot of money, the bank's in trouble. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, but see, that's and and guy, I'm not sure you're giving enough credit uh, or, or weight to the fact that it is a mutual mutually assured thing. I mean, because if they were to fire, if they were to fire Apple and throw them out of China, uh, as Jim pointed out, I mean, a lot of jobs mm-hmm. go with it. So you can't just, you know, I mean, none of these entities are stupid. You know, they they have to recognize that there's a bit of give and take. They can try to play the heavy, and they can try to push push the other side around. But at the end of the day, there has to be some give and take. The other thing too, though, that you know, I, I think is so easy to just kind of say, well, but Apple would have to do this, but Apple would have to do it. If the United States legislates something, Apple has to follow, has to exactly. follow the law. 
Yes. And if I mean, if Ireland legislates it, if the the EU legislates it, if China, Japan, pick something. If they say, well, uh, Russia's already done it. Forgive me, I cannot remember what the issue is, but there's something about in Russia applications. It has to do with applications. Yeah, the applications I I think have to be on servers in Russia. So Apple has had to store some things there in order to offer them through the App Store. I think I've got that right. Um, If not, somebody please correct me. Well, and and on on a lesser note, the the same thing with the the French, where Apple has to offer 25%, something like that, of of purely French content in order to do business in France. And, you know, I mean, you you look at something like that and you you just kind of laugh, but it it can have a chilling effect on companies that are that are doing business globally that they're at they're at the mercy of the legislative legislative branches of all of these countries and courts and there have been courts in various jurisdictions that have made rulings that the court declares are global you know enforceable globally somebody in the uk yeah and they're like you know like five billion dollars something well not only that but like say you know some requirement that you know you must do this everywhere, not just in our borders, but, you know, you, you have to operate in some certain, you know, you know, way, like how your search engine works or something. Yeah, I, I think that's one of them. It's like a right to be forgotten. And it's like, OK, you know, if somebody wants to be delisted. You have to delist them everywhere, not just in our country. That's the second part of a three part Mac Voices Live discussion. As you can tell, the conversation has taken a decidedly international turn, and that continues in the next edition of Mac Voices. And we also dig into webcams and the surveillance state that we all are contributing to. I hope you'll join us as we wrap up this very important discussion. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.